Hello, everybody. This is a Gregory Luna. You can call me Gregory. And today is a special edition of Confessions of an Obese Child. The reason for this is because today is the anniversary of my weight loss. I will not be reading off of one of my 21 confessions. Today, I'm just going to be talking straight off the top of my head, which, as many of you know, I can do pretty well. Uh, But I thought since May 4th rolled around and I just started this podcast back in January, this is really the first time that I've been able to commemorate my second birthday, as I used to call it, uh, with a podcast. So I thought it'd be appropriate. So I am going to mention in two episodes how I lost my weight and how old I was and exactly how I did it. But May 4th, 1991 is the official day that I finished my weight loss. I began losing weight in December of 1990 when I was about to turn 17. And I lost over 100 pounds in about five months, six months. And I remember commemorating the end of the weight loss on May 4th because at my school there was a ceremony called the Junior Cross and Ring Ceremony. And at that ceremony is when the juniors got their ring to essentially initiate them into being seniors the following year. And so it was a Catholic school, so we got a cross as well, and it was a ceremony. And that was the day that I I commemorate. Now, I I did lose uh, more weight after that. On that day, I was at 180, which I thought for my height, which is about 6'2", was a normal weight. Later in college, I went down to 167. And later in my life, um, I got even lower, actually. But that's a separate podcast dealing with the repercussions, positive and negative, of my weight loss and how I dealt with my relationship with food and the inexorable pressure I put on myself to maintain my weight loss. Because if, if you talk to anybody who has lost weight, especially when they're young, and I was 18, 17, 18, the fear of regaining your weight and enduring the stigma and shame and ridicule and self-loathing, which I've detailed ad infinitum in these podcasts, so petrifies you that it leads you to be on the precipice of having eating disorders. Because you think, the lower my weight is, the farther I will be from gaining it back and be overweight. And nothing can be as bad as being overweight again. Now, I never had bulimia. I never vomited or anything like that. But that's a separate podcast that will deal with my college eating and the eating that pursued into my 20s as well, persevered into my 20s. But that's kind of the mindset of that. But anyway, so May 4th. Today is the 26th anniversary of my weight loss. And at the time, uh, it was... I I don't know if I told my family that it was like the the day I commemorated, but I know the few years after that, probably the first five to ten years... So through my college years into my early 20s, 
May 4th was literally, I would call it my second birthday. It was literally like a rebirth, a rebirth of a new life. And I will mention this in the next podcast, which I'll put, I'm sorry, the next blog I'll post called the uh, angst ridden teen about how I felt that, you know, my life, the the cast in my lot was thrown, that I was always going to be morbidly overweight and an untouchable never having relations with the opposite sex and just wasting away and becoming a 700 pound person that they would find dead. And so when I finally did lose my weight, it literally was like a new life, a new life. And I thought I had a shot at a new life or a life that I was never going to have on the course that I was on. And if you have never been overweight, you don't relate. It's hard to relate. And I do know people, and I know some of my students now are listening to this podcast who are not overweight. And God bless you for not being overweight and not having to deal with that. But you can't understand, just like I can't understand what it's like to live in a country that's war-torn or living in abject hunger or abject, abject poverty or living in a house where you're being beaten every night. You know, you can, you can sympathize, but you can't empathize. So growing up overweight was horrible. I mean, I, I, I make light of it in the pods and in my blogs because you try to find levity. But on a day like this, um, I really don't know if, if there's any reason to have levity. But the first five to 10 years, it was a very solemn day. I would remember May 4th, I'd always go to the chapel of a nearby Catholic church. And it was like Good Friday. <laughs> it was like a day where... Like no laughing, like like in the Mexican world, like on Good Friday, the day Jesus died, um, you you would cover the statues, cover the mirrors. You couldn't watch TV. You had to be praying the whole time. It was kind of like that day. It was a very solemn day on May fourth, and I would go to the church and I would spend hours at the church praying rosaries and novenas uh, to the Virgin Mary, thanking Jesus for letting me lose that weight and praying that I would never gain it back. So it was a very big day. It was a very big day. And people that I lived with at the time, significant others and whatnot, they kind of knew that the day was coming and I would really commemorate it. The older I got and when I got into my upper 20s and 30s, I think the farther I got from it, the less of an important day it became. When I was in my 20s, I would pray every night, you know, thank you, Jesus, for letting me lose the weight. And I pray I never get it back. Thank you for the weight loss, because I know many people can't. And I will mention this when I talk about survivor guilt. You know, why did I get to lose the weight? Or on any given day, if I go to a Golden Corral or a big and fat store, that guy didn't. You know, why did God touch me in that regard? And I still don't know, even now at 43, I still don't know why I was chosen to have this life when others and others are suffering that are still overweight or perhaps died young or killed themselves. I still don't know. I, I don't, it's like one of those things, like the meaning of life that you grasp with that you can't understand. Like, why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow a four-year-old to be molested or have a five-year-old get run over by their dad backing out of a driveway? These are things we just don't understand. We really don't. But... Those first 10, 15 years, I remember praying a lot because I think I kind of had that old school view of God. Like if you didn't thank God enough, he would take it away from you. 
And really, I mean, even though I was doing calorie in, calorie out, and exercising a lot, and I mentioned that in the naturopathic one episode, the one with the Kate McCall interview, how for the first 15, 20 years, it was just calorie in, calorie out. I was just running five miles a day every day, but still pretty much eating junk. But I was always like one injury away or one car accident away from not being able to exercise. And at that time, I didn't have good enough eating habits to sustain my weight loss. Because guys, if you don't know this already, losing weight is difficult, but maintaining weight loss is infinitely harder. And there is a statistic that only 3% of people who lose 50 pounds or more ever keep it off. It's similar to only 10% of people who smoke ever stop smoking permanently. So right now, for example, you have the 21-day fixed diet. Um, You have other kind of fad diets that you can definitely lose weight. I mean, you can calorie restrict or you can fast or you can do a lot of these kind of unhealthy biohacks where you'll lose the weight. But they only work in the short run. Being on a 21-day fix or doing some you know, juice diet or cayenne, pepper, lemon, drink diet, you can't do that for the next 50 years of your life. You have to have a healthy lifestyle. And even though you can lose weight doing those weird things, you're not going to be doing green juice diets and cleanses for you know, decades. And that's why you see people who gain the weight back. So I definitely take pride, and I thanked God for losing the weight, but I was always petrified that I was going to gain it back. And I thought it was just inevitable that I would. As I mentioned, when I got to my mid and late 30s, I I commemorated it less solemnly, May 4th. And it got to the point where I just remember that it's a holiday, kind of like a former lover kind of thing, where... At the very beginning, you have such visceral responses to it. So at the beginning, uh, right after I lost my weight, I had such a visceral response. It was so solemn and serious and, you know, just like giving up alms and sacrifices. And then it becomes more of a distant memory. And there's times where it's now it's been 26 years, more than a quarter of a century that I've kept this weight off through hard work and, and, and good eating and some good luck, you know, not having an injury. But it's, it's almost so far removed that when I look in a mirror, aside from seeing my bloopy, which is my flabby chest or my flabby belly and some loose skin, sometimes I actually feel like I'm detached from the person who used to be overweight. And I suppose that's good. I suppose it's good that I'm now no longer revolving are enveloping my identity with with Fat Albert. Now, you might think I am because of this podcast, but my day-in, day-out experiences, I'm not thinking about how I used to be overweight. If you listen to the prologue of this podcast, one of the reasons I record it is just for it to eventually be a venue for people to process the fact that they're overweight and a place to talk about these experiences. But I don't think about it all the time. So I guess it's good now that when May 4th rolls around that, oh, it's May 4th, instead of maybe making it some solemn thing where there's there's like a a procession in the streets, kind of like in some of like Italy and Spain on holy days, they pull out the statues of Mary and Jesus and they wear the hoods and all that and they go around and walk around the streets. I I suppose it's, it's good. It's just, you know, I just remember it. And I'm still very thankful. And I, and I am aware, too, that chances are I'm probably not going to be able to maintain my weight forever. Just by biohacking, 
um, your metabolism eventually will slow down. And then I just think, well, I had a good 25 years, 30 years where I was able maybe to experience things that I would not have experienced. And a lot of these things, which I'll talk about, I'll talk about in the angst ridden teenager blog that's going to come out and two confessions from now where I talk about my, my issues with cutting and, and suicide. But really, that's all I have to say. I wanted this to be a very short podcast. I just wanted to sit down and before May 4th finished and we go to the idiot holiday of Cinco de Mayo. And maybe I'll remember to talk about Cinco de Mayo in one of these future podcasts about why we celebrate that holiday when we shouldn't because the Mexicans lost that battle in which they celebrate. But anyway, um, before May 4th is over, I just wanted to sit down and record something and maybe uh, you can find a connection to what I'm saying. But I think it's important that if you did lose weight, you should commemorate it and you should always remember it. And it's funny, one other thing before I let, let you go, I only have one picture of overweight Albert, fat Albert, and it's the one that I have on the website. It's the one I have on Instagram. And I'm at naturopathic underscore earth. Because when you're fat in your teenage years, you don't want pictures of you taken. And then when you do have them taken like family ones, you literally will cut yourself out or you throw them away. So I'm aside from my high school yearbook picture, I have that one picture of me with my parents, the one where I'm wearing a red shirt. It's on, if you look at the website, and the website's being under construction. Kate's been upgrading the, the theme, and it looks beautiful. She did a really good job. But we're still kind of moving around the articles and whatnot. But if you find the health coaching um, page or the health coaching blog, you'll see a picture of me. That is honestly the only picture I have of Fat Albert. I got rid of all of them in my 20s and 30s. And in retrospect, I regret that because... Not because I don't, I can't post more pictures on Instagram or something ridiculous like that, but I think it's important to have a testimony of the way you were, who you were. And I don't, I don't think it's very smart. It's very Orwellian to purge things and put them down the memory hole, never to remember them again. You know, and that was classic in in 1984, where Winston had to, if if somebody fell out a party favor, he'd have to doctor and alter the photos of those people. And Stalin did this in The Great Purges, cut out people from existence, from memory, and take them out of pictures down the memory hole so you you would literally never know they existed. And so that's one thing I do regret. So guys, if you are losing weight or you still have a lot of your old pictures and you feel that you're ashamed of those old pictures because you're ashamed of your obesity, trust me, you're going to want to keep those pictures and maybe when you you might want to show it to your kids or your friends or, or something later on or just keep it for nostalgia's sake. So that's my last advice to you. I will be recording a naturopathic earth radio podcast about sleep biohacking in a couple of days, and that'll probably come out uh, on Monday. So aside from that, please visit me on Instagram. If you want to see some videos of me, I try to post live videos of me because I know you're probably tired of that one picture of me where I'm drinking tea because that's like the one picture of me for confessions and naturopathic earth, naturopathic earth radio. So if you want to see live pictures of me, go there. Also, we have a raffle for free essential oil blend. If you go to the website and you subscribe to our newsletter, all you have to do is put in your email. Uh, You'll be in a raffle where one out of every 10 subscribers will get uh, an essential oil blend blended by Kate. And again, we, we don't 
sell to third parties or we don't send you spam because honestly, I don't even know how to do any of that. I, I don't even know how to send an email to my subscribers, okay? All I know is that Kate set it up where every article that, that I publish goes straight to your email. So that's pretty much the extent of it. But we would like to increase the subscriber list and it just makes it more convenient for you if you like the podcast or the, the articles or the recipes that it gets put straight into your inbox instead of you having to go to the website. But if you can, go to the website, check out the new theme and let us know if you like it. And of course, post a review on iTunes. So we, I, I know somebody who just recently posted one and I appreciate it so much. It means a great deal to me to know that um, I am reaching some sort of audience. So until then, God bless. Say your prayers for whatever status you are in your life. And always remember that things could be worse, and we need to be appreciative of even the little things that we have, the ability to breathe without pain, to walk without pain, to have a a roof over our head. These are things that we take for granted. We focus on first world problems, like my burger from In-N-Out was not well cooked or something ridiculous. So let's just put everything in perspective. We are very blessed to live in America, despite the fact that we might not like our politicians or our leaders. So just remember that. Okay. You take care. Bye-bye. God bless.